Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Everyone needs a little bit of thunder and lightning, gentlemen. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydan and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! Welcome to the new year, the year 2020. If you ever wanted to make the I don't have 2020 vision dad joke, it's over now. Everybody's got it. Yeah, you wasted your opportunities if you never made it. So Hey, guess what? What? We're in two years at once. You ever thought about that? We're talking to 2020. Yeah. But we're actually still 2019. As we were time travelers. Yes. Great Scott. Uh, I want to thank you guys for listening in. Uh, wherever you guys are getting your podcast at supertalk.fm or wherever you get a podcast from. I listened to our podcast today on Spotify because I just wanted to make sure everything. Uh, there was something on my trip down. I couldn't find it on the podcast app. I just wanted to make sure it, it uploaded. Yeah. For some reason. I do that every now and then. And it wasn't there. And I was like, oh, God. So I went to Spotify and it was there. So. I listened to uh, Thunder and Lightning on the way home from Nashville, Tennessee. On Monday night... Did you get your, your safe and, drive home? I and, wished you a safe drive home. You did. Uh, so I guess I can't finish my joke because you were nice to me on the show. Oh, you were going to make a joke about me. I was going to say it was half as good as usual. Oh, it, well, it was a half as long as usual. It's true. I, I, what I figured out is that you are good for about 17 minutes. I'm good for 20 because i got to do the, the intro-outro stuff, and I'm, you're good for 17. So if you, you ever look at a podcast that I do when you're not around, it's like 20 minutes. Yeah. Whereas when you're here, I'm usually around 35, 36 minutes. Yeah. So, and today, Ooh. I bet we crack forty. We might, we might get there. I want to thank everybody for listening in, though. Our servicemen and women got there, taking care of us wherever you are. I hope the new year will treat you well and bring you home safe to us. I want to thank our sponsors. Looking forward to another year with them as well. Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. You know, if you can't have champagne, have an albino squirrel. That's a great idea. Have have a blue. You might for our age. You need that coffee if you're going to stay up till midnight. And you need that extra boost. I, a lot of people were getting it today because my blueberry cobbler mm-hmm. sold out. Didn't have any. Oh. Strange brew. I went with Southern Pecan. How was that? It was fantastic. It's one of my favorites. When They have one called Southern on. Pecan. Yeah. That's interesting. There's a beer called Southern Pecan, too, right? Uh, you would know better That's, than that. Isn't that a Lazy Magnolia, one of those Mississippi brews? It is. I, I do believe that there is. Huh. But, but yeah. That's a okay. question. Well, there you go. Better for you than I. They gave you beer, Joel. Hey. <laughs> it's a beer coffee. Today on about you three, drove after that. Not, My not, God! Not only did I drive home from Nashville and got you know I got in the I got home between one thirty one forty five a.m. Not that bad. Not too bad, but uh, I mean got a shower and do all that stuff. So I probably wouldn't sleep till close to three a.m. Uh, got up about six forty five seven a.m. because Katie had to work, kids out of school, so I uh, had to chase around a couple of three and a half yeah. and under yeah, year olds. That, that's so I it had the southern pecan had a little extra and I didn't know about it and but, it was just God's way of getting me through the day. A little well received. Whatever. Yeah. It, it it worked cuz I, I was I was fully energized thanks to Strange Brew Coffee House. One thing our other sponsors College Corner. Uh, you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com or if you're in the Capital City area, you can go by one of their two locations in Ridgeland over by Fleet Feet or in Flowood by the Half Shell and shop their selection of MSU merchandise, which is the biggest and best selection you're going to find in the state of Mississippi or anywhere in the world. 
Boom! I said it. No doubt. So before you come back up here this uh, this this winter for basketball, or you know, I'm sure Joel T. Coleman would tell you we are only 44 days away from the first pitch of the season. Or 45 minutes. Somebody, somebody told me after the game on Monday, give me some sunshine, pump some sunshine. Boom! And I said something to the effect of opening day is only a month and a half away. There it is. So. Make sure you get that M over S working when you head to Duty Noble. Shop at College Corner. Joel T. Coleman, you got back from Nashville on Monday night. I got back from Nashville on Tuesday uh, early afternoon. We both saw everything that happened with our own eyes. We've relived it. We've thought about it before we do anything else. What I have to know, I don't want to know, Joel. I have to know what's causing all that. Well, you see, hey, Dad. Uh, that was more the rock than flavor. It, it really was. <laughs> more of the same. That was what was causing all that. Uh-huh. Uh, I feel like we're rehashing October of this past year. Because Mississippi State, I feel, as 2019 comes to a close and 2020 begins, we are right back on the treadmill of Joe Moorhead's offense. Didn't work in the Music City Bowl. Joe Moorhead, after an off period, whether it be a bye week or preparing for a bowl game, again, his team looked unprepared. Uh, We hadn't talked about all this. Maybe we'll get into it with things that are true. Who knows where this show will go. But you want to start throwing out questions about how this team is undisciplined and stuff. Rumor has it. Ain't even rumor anymore. Rumor has that it. there was a an altercation between two of the team's stars leading up to the Music City Bowl. Uh, seems like to me, and this we can get into it further. But who who was to blame? Whatever. The fact of the matter is, you can't break your quarterback's eye ahead of a bowl game, and, and I, <sighs> it is a discipline issue. It just is. Even if Willie is in the right to slug Garrett for something Garrett's doing. Well, as coaches, you got to back Garrett off before you push Willie to that point. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't care how you look at it. Some of that's still on coaching. Some of it is. Um, some of it's on Willie. Some of it's on Garrett. There's a lot of blame to go around there. But I guess what I'm saying is at every juncture of this program right now, kind of as it's been for the last two years, there's concern. Mm-hmm. It ju- It looked like State was kind of headed back in the right direction a little bit. They won three of the last four. Urination simulation, let them win the Egg Bowl. Uh, Back in a bowl for the 10th straight year. Joe Moorhead gets a top 25 signing class. Things were kind of looking all right again a little bit. If you wanted to kind of feel good about things, you could. And then the Music City Bowl. And what's causing all that? More of the same. The same crap that you and I have beat on ad nauseum with the exception of a week here and there for the last six months. 18. Eight, yeah. Yeah, more, more of the same. And quite frankly, I don't know how anyone, and Ric Flair, The Rock, Joel T. means anyone, could be excited about where this program is right now. Because heading into 2020, I'm kind of gritting the teeth saying, I, not optimistic. You know, I'm not optimistic about the fan turnout how they're going to sell tickets for this bunch. Nobody's excited about any of that. And, and take all of your emotion off the table. Take all of your emotion about Joe Moorhead and what you think 
he can or cannot do. Take it all off and, and what your thoughts about Moorhead and the pound and sand comments and anything that's frustrating. Just take it all away. And just look at the Mississippi State roster in 2020. You tell me where the offense is going to come from. I think the defense may be as good or better than this year. I think that uh, should be expected, if, particularly if Willie and Errol's back. Offensively, about to take another step down, I would imagine. I guess Kylan Hill's out there tweeting God knows what. Maybe he could pull a reversal and decide to come back, and then all of a sudden you're feeling a little bit better, I guess, if Kylan Hill's in your backfield again. You have a for sure 1,000-yard rusher if he can stay healthy. So then, you know, you, you feel good about things. But if Garrett Schrader is your quarterback and, I don't Kareem Walker or Lee Witherspoon's your starting running back and you're counting on Malik Heath to come in and be the savior of the offense at, at that point, I guess, I, oh, my gosh. I, apart from blind, sunshine-pumping homerism, it's really tough to look at 2020 with any optimism. Well, let's talk about that, shall we? Let's talk about that. Let's talk. We're not going to look at this game because who cares? <laughs> who cares at this point? All right. That's just throwing more dirt on the coffin. All right. Let's talk about let's talk about something really important. We'll get to that in a minute, but let's talk about things that are true. And I'm just going to come out and tell you what number one is here. And it's true. And I don't want to hear anybody dispute it. Because if you do, you know, I like to joke, that's yeah, true, but sometimes it's not true, right? This is true. And if you think otherwise, you're just wrong. And, and furthermore, you're a little deluded. Unless something happens that you cannot reasonably predict on January 1st, 2020, Joe Moorhead will be fired on November 27th, 2020. I mean, if you're going to tell me, oh, no, Lee Weatherspoon's going to rush for 1,200 yards and Blake Heat's going to come in and be a 50. You can't reasonably predict that. That is blind optimism. That is projection. That is hopefulness. That is not ba- right, rooted in reality. So unless something that happens that I can't say for a fact is going to happen today happens, on November 27th, we're going to be talking about a coaching change. And that is the God's honest truth. Do you think, though, here's where I will play the devil's advocate role a little bit over here. I said a minute ago, the defense will probably be better, assuming Willie and Errol and company's back. I mean, you're going to have Tyler Williams and Emerson and, and those guys in the secondary, Marcus Murphy, and uh, you know the young guys will get older, and Marcus Murphy's already pretty good, and I, the, the defensive line's growing up. The defense should be pretty good next year. Should be fine. So can it compensate for the lack of offense that is going to continue to happen? And I'm not saying makes Mississippi State good, but make Mississippi State kind of what they were this year, middle of the road enough to where nobody they don't pull the trigger to fire? Let me uh, answer your question with a question. When MSU had the number one defense in the country, was it enough to pull them above what they should have been? I will answer your question to my question with a word. No. Yes. Yeah, no. <laughs> they had the number one defense in the country. They gave up 12 touchdowns in 13 games. And they lost five of them. And I'll say it. I said it on, on Sports Talk Mississippi. I said it on the podcast. I'll say it again. That was the floor. That they lost as many games as they were capable of losing that year. 
But still, though, you look at next year's schedule, though, Brian, and I don't know that I don't know that you could paint. A, a, I guess you could finagle there a little bit, but I still feel like it's a six and six team at least. Because look, I don't, I don't feel that. You you don't think they can win their four non conference? No, I don't think they can win North Carolina State. I mean, it I don't me. know for sure that they can beat Tulane. I guess that's fair, considering yeah. what the offense. Is. <laughs> I mean, if it, I, I just don't, I, I can't say it with one. I can't. It's not a gimme. It's not a gimme game. Yeah. You know, state has two gimmies next year: New Mexico and Alabama and M. Everything else is at best a toss up. At best, so you got ten toss up games. You got to win four out of ten to be six and six. I mean, two lanes probably maybe a little closer. It's like seventy five twenty five. Does it change? But still. So in the other nine, you got to go three and six. You got to you know you got to win at Kentucky maybe. Uh-huh. Missouri. I'm interested to see what they look like. I mean, they're going to look a lot different. But yeah, Ole Miss is going to be better. Yeah. I don't know what Arkansas is going to be. I think you could probably win that game. But at the same time, how can I, how can I, with any real confidence, look at MSU and say, oh, yeah, they're going to win that for sure against a reasonable opponent? Yeah. I can't. It's fair. I can't and I won't. I will not. Uh, number two, we get to talk about one of our favorite sayings here on this show. But uh, Joe Moorhead has to ask himself, would I rather lose my way or win somebody else's? His way is not working. It is not working. I don't even really know what his way is, to be totally honest with you. Uh, I went back and read, reread Bill Connolly's article. He was then with SB Nation, now he's with ESPN. We wrote a really long form article on the Joe Moorhead offense and this, that, and the other. And I reread it, and honestly, it reads like satire now. It reads like he was trying to be funny. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't understand how this offense that was so. And look, I get that. They had a better quarterback in Trace McSorley. And they, I understand they had Saquon Barkley. But it's not like he went from really, really good to, okay, they're just sort of good. It went from really, really good to completely ineffective. It is not working. So Joe Moorhead has to say, would I rather just keep pounding away at this square peg with the round hole, or am I going to make the kind of changes that allow me to continue to be the head coach at Mississippi State? What are those changes? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get paid to make that decision, to be totally honest with you. But you've got to find a way to be better offensively. With the players you have, there's no trading for receivers. You know, we can't, we can't, uh, we'll send you three scholarships and a, and a backup defensive lineman for your, your best receiver. It's just not going to work that way. You know, can he do the Orgeron and become the CEO? I think he'd be successful if he tried because I think as a recruiter he's very good and I think that he has enough common sense to, you know, you know, if he if he could truly let go of the offense or at least bring in another voice that has some real authority then yet because Schrader is talented and you got enough to be again, I don't need this offense to average 550 yards and 50 points. I need him to average 400 yards and 30 points. That's going to be enough to win seven games next year. I would guarantee almost that seven, 30 points. If you score 30 points in every game, you'd win seven. Yeah. What would you rather do, Joe? Would you rather win or lose? 
I, I mean, given his personnel and offense next year, and, and I get, I get that that when it comes to personnel, part of that's coach is doing. Mm-hmm. So I guess there's that here, here, to say though too. But but he is very handicapped with what he can do. No doubt. But I will say this: What happened in year one from your year five of Kroom to year one of Mullen? Yeah. Same personnel, the right coaching and the right system. They were an effective offense. They it were should effective. Have a, should have been a bowl team. Should have been a bowl team. They were hamstrung by you know their, the quarterback. Their, their t- the the touchdown interception ratio was terrible for Tyson Lee that year. If they had gone with Ralph from day one, they probably would have yeah. been a bowl team. Well, I mean, one better decision on the goal line against LSU. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong there. So the right coaching staff with the right can make a difference. Do you want to win or lose? Simple as that. Number three. Sort of plays off this. They're going to be staff changes. Never mind Chris Marv. That's obviously going to happen. We're, we're, in a week from now, other coaches will have been fired or moved on one way or the other. But without philosophy changes, they are worthless. You know, Joel and I, I you know, it, let's just say this podcast was me just railing on the listeners for 40 minutes. Just y'all are just a bunch of idiots. You don't know. And Joel just sits there and just, he just nods his head and goes along with it, right? And the numbers are way down. You got to change something about your podcast. All right, no problem. I'm going to get rid of Joel and bring in Robbie Falk. And we just do the exact same thing, but Robbie's the one standing there. Nothing changed. Right? That's, yeah. There has to be change. The program has to change, not the names. The program has to change, right? Ironically, the word that uh, hadn't Joe Moore had thrown around the word culture? Yes. That's what has to change. Yes. <laughs> It, it really feels like, and may, maybe this is being too harsh, maybe it's just perception, but the long-held B&B show and now thunder and lightning adage, perception is reality. It is reality. The perception is the wheels are off at basically every juncture of this program. Mm-hmm. From just discipline to I, I, the culture, I guess, in the locker room. I mean, I know fights happen at practice. I, I, I don't want to get too far into that unless you do in a minute, and then we can. No, but, no, we're good. But uh, not looking I back. Mean, we're, just, look, we're looking forward. Just, just stuff that that continually happens around this. Stuff has happened in the last two years that just didn't happen in the decade before. And I, I'm not one that blames strength and conditioning on everything. I saw Twitter the other day. Every time somebody went down on the turf, everybody's yeah. like, "Hey, gotta get us new strength." Look. I, do you, don't you? I don't know. I mean, Alabama has people hurt all the time. They right. need new strength and conditioning. I don't know. It just Sometimes it's just plain bad luck. Yeah. But that said, if you want to point that out and say you need new strength and conditioning coach, well, you can do that. You want to point out, hey, you need a new special teams coach, you can absolutely do that. Right. You want to point out and say, hey, the team's undisciplined, you can do that. You want to point and say, hey, Moorhead never has a team ready, you can do that. You can make every single one of those points and, and be legitimate with it. I mean – that's culture. That's yeah. the entirety of the program. Like the entire thing, perception wise, is off. And I don't care if they're winning six games and getting to a bowl. Like, because Joe sat up there the other night after the game and said, I don't want to diminish the fact that, hey, we're bowl eligible again and whatever and all that stuff. But okay, and that's fair. Don't diminish it. But let's not diminish the fact that this program seems to be the perception is, and maybe it's reality too. It's headed towards the toilet. It's on a downward trajectory. Yeah. There's no question about that. And, and like you said, the entire, I don't know, whatever culture, the word is. Culture cult- is the engine that drives the program. 
So when you have a car, you know, if you got a, a flat tire, you can fix a flat tire. You know, but when the engine blows up, you got to get a new car. That's what's happened here. The engine is blowing up. So you have to replace the car. Yeah. And it is kind of like a broken down. Because sometimes yeah. I've had things with done with my car before, and yeah. you're like, wait a second, it's better here. Yeah. Like, Maybe I don't have to take it to the shop. Smoke. Yeah. And the Music City Bowl was like... There's smoke the, coming out of the engine yeah, right now. again. And so it... Yeah. And we're not taking it to Elmer the Shade Tree Mechanic. We're going to buy a new car. That's what has to happen. You take it to Elmer, and he's going to put a little no, elbow for, grease no, into no, it. No, for 2020, you're just taking it to the shop and, and letting Elmer you're letting try Elmer, to fix it. That's the point, yeah. That's what, not, what needs to happen, though. Number four, what kind of coach are you going to sign? Assistant coach are you going to sign? For They know it's a probably a one-year deal. They know there's no stability. They're coming to Starkville and they're going to be that you move to Starkville in January of 2020, you're probably moving out in November of 2020. Who are you signing with that? And a lot of people point to Ole Miss and McIntyre and Rodriguez. You know, everybody knew Luke was probably going to be gone. Well, what were they coming from? Why wasn't Rich Rodriguez at Arizona anymore? Why wasn't Mike McIntyre at Colorado anymore? Off the field issues. You already got culture problems here. You're bringing off the field issue coaches now. Who are you going to find? Offensive coordinator Hugh Freeze, that's who. I can't stress how hilarious that would be. <laughs> that I would be the first one at that press conference. I want I want to sit in the front row for that one. Somebody that knows Mississippi that wants to rebuild his image. Let's go. There was a rumor going around that he wanted to talk to Cohen about when Moorhead got when got hired. That he wanted to talk to Moorhead or talk to Cohen about the state job. Like replacing Mullen. And can you imagine how freaking hilarious that would have been? It would have been the funniest thing ever. That's that's just a, that's I mean that is as wild a rumor as I've ever heard. I don't know if it's true or not. It probably isn't, but God Almighty, if it is, oh, don't you wonder how that would go down? Because of and I'm not making fun of. Yes, I I, I wonder how it would go down. Of a certain media member who is our good friend and host, he would. Probably, how would that work? He probably would not be covering MSU sports anymore. That freeze would be like not that guy. He's out. Which, Freeze ain't coming here. So. Freeze not. So we're just, <laughs> it doesn't yeah, we're really just, matter. But. Just talking here. But, <laughs> but that's, I mean, like, what kind of coaches are you going to sign? Who's coming to say, who? who's willing to uproot their family from West Lafayette? And I'm just making names up here. But West Lafayette, Indiana, Missoula, Montana, Palo Alto, California, to move to Starkville for nine months. I'm not saying this is happening, so don't go out there saying Joel's reporting that this might happen, but somebody loves Mississippi State. Jamar Chaney. Jamar Chaney with Chad Bumpus come Chad home. Bumpus. But even those guys, good young coaches, they want to put themselves in this situation. And you mentioned it a minute ago, former players talking about this program. Well, they're former players. What are they saying about this program? Yeah, at one point they were saying not good, not good things. Yeah. So at least one of them were. I'm very interested to see who comes in. Very interested indeed. Number five, signing day, uh, like 40 days away. Something like that. Yeah, I think you could probably have probably five spots, right? Sounds about right. Something like that, yeah. I, Based on who goes to the NFL. Yeah, I mean, they signed, what, 22? Yeah. And so you may have a couple there's more always NFL attrition. declarations. Yeah. Okay, there, there's going to be some attrition. Yeah. I'm, I'm positive of that. Yeah. Uh, I would sign Rufus Harvey, and then the rest of them going grad transfer because they're just not a high school player that's going to provide instant impact. You look at the wide receiver position. Harvey is a guy I would sign just because I'm so tired of measurables. I'm just going to go get some production. Well, besides that, 
with how just unproductive Mississippi State's receiving core has been, you can't afford to let him go somewhere and then be productive. Exactly. I mean, you got A.J. Brown stumping for him. Even if you get Rufus Harvey and he ends up not being productive? It didn't cost... It didn't cost okay, you anything. Okay, it cost you, you, a you can't let Who a guy, cares? You can't let a guy in your backyard right. that might be a legit dude. And I've watched him play. I think he is a legit dude. So go you get him. Can't let him go. Go get him. Figure that out. But then I mean, you look at the like you need a wide receiver. You need somebody who come in immediately, right? The top hundred wide receivers, only like four are uncommitted. Three of them are not coming to Mississippi State. The other one's Alex Adams from South Pike, who may very well sign with Mississippi State, but he's going to JUCO. He, he's not coming to Mississippi State and playing. And even then, I don't know that he's an instant impact guy. you got to go get a guy who is who has played and you feel you – know, you need to go get Isaiah Zuber, but get the production that you were expecting to get from Isaiah Zuber. You need to get two or three guys like that. You probably need to get a running back as well. You need to hit the transfer market. That's what MSU needs to do. They don't need to spend four scholarships on, at this point, four high school projects. You need guys who have shown they can play at the very least at the group of five level. Because honestly, with some of these receivers, group of five level play would be an improvement over what you're getting. I don't know. That, that's that's going to be an interesting signing. If he signs five high school guys, I mean, I don't know what you're going to do. Unless so, something happens. Unless there's like, sort of what you mentioned Jamar Chaney. Jamar Chaney was a highly recruited guy who just for whatever reason couldn't get into Georgia. So they sent him to Mississippi State because Mark Rick liked Sylvester Croom and knew that he would do right by Jamar Chaney. Is there a situation like that available? I doubt it. I doubt it. You got to go out and get some guys yeah. that can play next year. You because that's what you. That's all you got. It's all you got, Joe. You have nine. You got ten months. You got to give a guy who can improve your team in that time frame. Signing a high, even if you went out and the number one high school recruit for receivers is signed, right? But let's say he wasn't. You go out and flip a five star kid. He better be able to be good day one. If he's not, it's, what, what good did it do you? Yep. Number six. Only got nine of these, by the way. We didn't talk about that. But they're also big picture, though. State is going to have to spend money, or State is going to lose money. And Starkville is going to lose money. You know, if this trend continues. All those condominiums, empty. Restaurants and bars, closed. Football drives this town. Yes, my, what I, my things that are true are so important that ESPN has broken in. <laughs> State has to spend some money. There can be no more lowballing. You're going to have to go get good. This, this is what State should do. If you talk about who will come here, make it financially feasible for them to come here. Go tell a, a good coach at a Power 5 school, we will pay you more. So you're 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 attacking number six here as though Joe Moorhead's already gone, right? No, 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 no. I'm talking about. Like, you're, are you talking about assistance? Assistance. Okay. Because that's what. You, you're, you're, yeah, Joe Moorhead's not. Put that thought out of your mind. Joe Moorhead is not. There is going to be no. Well, I thought, mate, you may have been like looking at November twenty seventh, twenty twenty. Well, if you look ahead one. to November twenty seventh, twenty twenty, this is how I would look at this. And a friend of mine brought this up in a group text, and I agree with him one hundred percent. The twenty eighteen, or after the twenty seventeen season, I guess I should say. If Mullen had come to state and said, I want $6 million a year and I'll stay, they would have paid him $6 million a year. They would have. I believe that. They would have paid him $6 million a year. That's your starting point for your next coach. Can you get a $6 million a year head coach? Because that puts you in a whole different class of coaches you can get. 
There's a lot of good coaches that'll come for $6 million a year. Period. And I mean, that, that takes you out of, you're looking at Billy Napier and Bill Clark, and you're looking at like power five coaches who have been successful. You know? Yeah. That's what you have to do. P.J. Fleck. Well, I don't know what he makes. His buyout's like $60 million yeah. or something. But, <laughs> that's, I mean, but that's what I'm talking about. You've yeah. got to be able to say, we're paying $6 million a year. But for assistant coaches, you're going to have to pay these guys. You know, the, 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 the rumor, you know, and it's a message board conjecture, but you never know. But that state, you know, that Aaron Feld, strength coach at, uh, at Oregon now, that they made him a, a, you know, an offer that wasn't even close to what, you know. And look, Oregon can always outbid you. But at least put yourself in the game. Make a real offer to that a guy like that. Make a real offer to some of these good young coaches out there. Make them say no. Make them say no. What I keep talking about, you know, make that guy go home to his wife and say, I turned down a 250% raise. 250% raise. We make, I'm making 100K. They offered me 300K, but I said no. Make him go home and have that conversation. That's an uncomfortable conversation, I guarantee it. You're going to have to do it. Otherwise, it's going to be bad. Empty stadium. Empty cotton district. You know, student enrollment is up. Why? Because football has been good. Good football drives enrollment. Bad football. Turns it away. Yes. I mean, they've they've had that problem up the road. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you can can see what what happens. There's an example 90 miles to the north. You've got to spend some money. You're going to have to. And not just not just on the field, which we're about to tell you right now. The 17th, number seven. This 2019 season, fail, it, it failed in every possible way. In terms of not just the on the field stuff, the off the field stuff, the concession stand stuff week one and week two. The, 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 the miserable home schedule and way it played out. Yeah, And some of that was the uncontrollable. Inability to, yeah, the inability to get fans into the game at the Egg Bowl to the point where you had to sort of suspend your own safety protocols. Yeah. Nothing went right for Mississippi State this year. Isn't that the darnest thing? You can't do some things in the stadium because safety issues. Mm-hmm. But yet the Egg Bowl, oh, just come on in. Just you, come on in. You, you got a sawed-off shotgun. Who cares? Yeah. Just come on in the come on in the gates. I mean, I it's just it's just there was there's no right now. Joel T. Coleman, the ultimate sunshine pumper in his day. What was the biggest positive moment of this of this year? A guy pretending to pee like a dog. A guy pretending to pee like a dog. That's number one. Think about 2014. What's the number one moment? All right, you you win at home to go to number one in the nation. Dak Prescott wins at Tiger Stadium. I was gonna say you dominate Texas A&M. You have the, you're the first ever number one in, in in the country. Dak Prescott is your highest Heisman finalist since the 40s. There's lots of positives. A guy pretending to pee like a dog. Let you let you win a game against your rival, your four win rival. When you think back on the season, if you want to think about that, that is the memory. That's like, the only one. Well, I mean, blowing out of Arkansas. Who cares? Yeah. Everybody did it. I mean, beating it, USM. Who cares? Everybody did. It, you know, yeah, so that, you beat a conference USA team. Okay, congrats. And outside of that, Garrett Schrader starting and beating Kentucky. Yeah. What's the biggest highlight of the season? It's on a play where you didn't get a first down. Schrader's helicopter play. You know, play you lost the game. Play you lost you the game. I, I don't ever remember a season like this. You gotta you gotta dig for gotta positives. Go, yeah. So, number eight. I think I asked this on yesterday's podcast. I'll ask you again. Who's going to the season opener? 
New Mexico State, September the 5th. 11 a.m.? Feels like it, right? I can't imagine that, so, that anybody's dying to put that in prime time. 96 degrees with 75% humidity at 11 a.m. on September the 5th. I'll tell you who's going to that game. Well, Joel T. and Brian Hayden. You and I. <laughs> I'm wearing shorts. I promise you that. That will not be a slack day. I had some cool socks on yesterday, and I, I, I wasn't even oh, in the you didn't show me. I know, I know. I, that's my midlife crisis is sock game. I've, I've really picked up on that. Yeah, Brett, um, Brett Hudson would be proud. I had some it was Game of Thrones. It was uh, the Lannister Lion, oh. and, and it said I drink and know things. So, my wife got me a set of Game of Thrones socks for my uh, for Christmas. But yeah, this season opener, Joe Moorhead's going to walk out. That that door is going to come up to for whom the bell tolls, and he's going to walk out and he's going to look, and it's going to be spring game. Yeah, it's gonna be not, like, maybe not that bad. It's going to be like fifteen thousand people, twenty thousand people. It's going to look like the Abilene Christian game did. I, th- I think it, it might be, be worse than the Abilene Christian game because that was a night game and it was homecoming. So some people are going to come because it's homecoming. And I, I do think that. I don't know, though. It depends on the weather. <laughs> I was going to say, there is still some general excitement for the dawn of a new season, even if it is one where people are probably thinking it may turn into a train wreck again. But I mean, something's got to happen between now and then to get people excited. I don't know when that's going to be. I don't know what that's going to be. But right now, if you said, Brian, put on your, 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 your Brian Scott Rippy hat and predict the attendance, 27,000? For an opener, yeah, it's like if it was game two, dude. It's they're playing New Mexico. I know, but so I, they're I'm not s- bringing any fans. I'm trying to put myself back in 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 fan mode a little bit though. And, why would I come to this game? And even in and it's in like, week one. Even in so, crappy seasons, I was always like, it's football. I don't. First I don't. Game of the year. I don't know the schedule for week one nationally, but I guarantee there's good games right that I can just sit in my house and watch, and enjoy those games, and not have to go to Starkville. And sit in ninety degree heat and sweat, and hopefully there's water available at the concession stand, and hopefully you know we don't you know we don't get a heat stroke, and I'm sure they'll tell them to wear maroon for that one. You know why would you go? Why would I spend? Why would I spend? Even if I don't have season tickets, why would I spend that money? Huh? You know, I don't know how long that thread is on six pack, but if even if it's just, I think it's it's. Oh, like 100, 100 responses now. Well, what if those guys all just give a $500 a year? How much money did you just lose if they're, if they're telling the truth? And I guarantee you, these people are talking about you know, three, four tickets. That's a lot more than $500 with, when you're talking about your, what your Bulldog Club donation is and everything else. That's real money going to, going away if, it, if indeed those guys are telling the truth. Now, some of them might just be internet badass guy, and I just want to put this out there. Very possible. But if they're not, and I know some people who aren't doing who are going to say, I'm not coming back until this has changed. It's the only way, as a fan, you have any voice. You don't have anything else. Yeah. You know, you can sit here and whine and cry and, and gripe like I, I have for years on message boards and on social media, but nobody cares about that. But they care when you stop showing up, stop buying tickets, and stop making donations. That's when they care. Number eight, number nine, and this, again, if you disagree with this, you're just wrong. You're just wrong. But nothing matters in college football except wins. That's it. Nothing. Yeah. Joe Moore had set up here last night, talked about top 25 recruiting, blah, blah, blah. Nothing, none of it matters. It is irrelevant. What matters is wins. You can run the most out-of-control, outlaw program. Players arrested, players getting in trouble, this, that, that. Nobody cares when you win. Nobody. Do you think Miami fans in the 80s gave any cares whatsoever 
about the perception of their program nationally. They did not. People care about winning. That's all they want. They know they want to say it's just like any other product. It's a business. I've, I, I, I've talked about so many times. The family thing just drives me crazy because it is a business. You put money in, you expect results. It's just like any other business. If you run a business and you put money in, you expect results. And if you don't get results, you make the changes to get the results. Or you go out of business. Those are your only two options. It, 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 it's, it's call of the wild. It's survival of the fittest. It's, it's win by attrition. Win or go home. And that's all it's about. Nobody cares about... And, and, I'm, I, I really, truly believe this. You know, community service, academics, sounds great on paper. Something that when you're winning, you can also flaunt. But when you're losing, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares that you're out ringing the bell for the, the Salvation Army. Nobody cares that you went to the hospital. Nobody cares if you're not winning. Yeah. Tell me how many people on the team graduated this year. Don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And I'm not saying that that's not important. Good for those, good for those guys, guys that graduated. But, but nobody cares. But everybody listening to this podcast right now can tell me what Mississippi State's record was in 2019. Yeah. Nobody cares. And that's that's the it's only darn thing that matters. Yeah. And it's why, to bring this thing full circle, on November the 27th of 2020, I look at that roster and I think Joe Moorhead's bringing a, a knife to a gunfight. Like, I don't, I don't a sandwich to a gunfight. Yeah. I, I don't think he has a... What... Yeah, I mean, I tried to play devil's advocate play with you one. earlier. Go back but... to number one. What are you going to predict, looking at that roster, that you can say this is going to happen? What is it? Tell me. Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. All right. And so, if November the twenty seventh, twenty twenty, brings with it what you said earlier that it would bring with it, mm-hmm. I mean, how bad does that look on Mississippi State that they didn't just go ahead and? Well, that's going to be a problem for somebody else too. Yeah, you know, could be could be a couple of hires to be made at that point. I, I I'll be totally honest with you. If state, let's just say they beat Tulane, right? So they're they're three and one after the first four, and they beat they lose to North Carolina State, but they they win three more. They're three and one, and then they lose those next four. The is it the A and M? It's Alabama, A and M, Auburn, LSU. LSU. Some, some, some some order of that. Some order of that. So they're, they're, at that point, they're three and four. They might fire him then. No, they'd be three and five at that point. Three and five, then fine. They might fire him then. When's the last time states fired a coach midseason? Has it ever happened? Jackie Sherrill resigned midseason, but he stayed on. No, not that, not, I can't remember. Ballard made it to the end. Tyler made it to the end. As far as I know, beyond that, I don't know. Hey, I don't know. So don't know. the thing that's true. One last thing, and not on the list, but I'm, I'm going to relate a story to you guys. This is a true story, personal story. So there was a point early in our marriage with my wife that there was one month we just didn't have enough money for rent. We just didn't have enough. You know, we both worked, but our expenses were X and our income was Y, and they didn't match up one month. And we were, you know, we we tr- talked to some some friends, and nobody could help us out. And we got to the point where I was just like, I'm going to go to the casino because what's the difference between being a few dollars short and being all the way short? You know, we, we knew that we had no no room to wiggle. So, like, I'm going to go play some poker, and I'll see if I can't win it, you know. And either we'll be okay or we won't. That's the point I was at, where the gamble was actually the smart play because I didn't have any other options. Now, luckily, one of her family members came through for us, 
you know, and that's a long time ago. And thank God I don't live like that anymore because I I don't have the time for it. So you, so you never made it to play the poker? No, no. We, oh, okay. we, but it was, we were getting in the car. We were going to be going soon. <laughs> and uh, but I say that to say this: state is at the point now where the roll of the dice is the smarter play. It might be the smarter play. People say, well, you know, you can't get a sure thing. Well, first off, if you pay $6 million a year, you could get a sure thing. But if you're not willing to pay that and you're only willing to pay 2.5 or so, the gamble might be the smarter play. Because I think you know what you have with Joe Moorhead. And I hate to say it. Keep, we keep saying it. Love the guy. Know, Joe Moorhead, if Joe Moorhead was my neighbor, that would be the greatest thing ever. <laughs> we could just sit there and just chit-chat over mowing the grass and go over and have a beer. Great. Joe Moorhead, the football coach, the results aren't there. And I don't see them getting there. So We've talked about those things, but let's talk about something important. I mean, the, 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 whole team, the whole football program doesn't get any coffee. <laughs> Nobody in the Bryan building gets coffee. Nobody in the SEAL building can have coffee. I'm sorry if that affects the bottom line at Strange Brew Coffee House. You guys, our listeners, are going to have to make up that difference. I'll do my part. But we're, we're not giving coffee to anybody over there yeah. from the top down. Why, why have you, what, what have you done to earn coffee? Huh? And another part of that movie, you know, first place in the sales contest was a Cadillac Eldorado. Second place, a set of steak knives. Third place is you're fired. Hey, can we at least give Stephen Guidry a taste? He had a decent game in Monday. He can we, have, we, we, he can we, have we, one of those chocolate-covered espresso beans. Yeah, That's there all we he go. gets. I mean, Stephen Guidry. We, we, we have bashed his inability did, you, to catch the Did you hear what that, guy, what that guy said at the press conference about Guidry? No, I did not. So this guy, I don't know who he was, but he clearly had – he was with some sort of NFL draft publication. He asked one question, and it was about guys' pro prospects. Had to be – and listening, I, to, I, him I talk, the, listening to him talk before that, he had something to do with the NFL draft. And he's, he's talking about Guidry. He said, you know – what this guy does, I mean, getting off the line and getting into his breaks and stuff is incredible. And then after the catch, he is an absolute beast. But everything between that is terrible. <laughs> and I just started laughing. I was like, you just summed up his whole career. Let me translate that in case you missed it. He can't catch. And I said, if get, I told him, I was like, if getting open got you drafted, he'd be the first pick in the draft. And he's like, you're absolutely right. This guy is incredible. In terms of body control, getting into his breaks, getting off the line of scrimmage, unbelievable. And then when he catches the ball, he can do a lot of special things with it. But he, he can't catch the ball. But you know what, Gidry, Stephen, on your way out the door, have a chocolate-covered espresso bean and tell him that it's from your friend Brian. Hasta la vista. <sighs> that wasn't even cathartic. I just... <laughs> It's bad all the way down. Fire it up. Doom and gloom. I want to see yeah, it. Yeah, we'll get the graphic. All right. Tomorrow's show. We're, tomorrow's New Year's Day. We won't do a show. We are, we're taking New Year's Day off. Folks, uh, we'll get back regular here soon. soon. Well, this, it, I was like this all the time with, with yeah. the holidays. But on Friday's show, the first ever Friday edition of the Rumblings, bring it. You got frustration you want to let? You want to vent? We don't even have to be questions. If you just want to vent, I'll read your vents. Just keep them as... Family friendly as you possibly can. I'll read them. I'll let you. I the, the the floor is yours, and you can say whatever you want as long as you know you don't talk about Joel or mama, my, our mamas or our wives or our children. Yeah, you can talk about me and Joel though. Yeah, we, you can we talk about care. us. We don't care. We don't care. 
And uh, if, if you listened to today's show and you liked it or you didn't, go ahead and drop us a uh, five-star star. review. Um, I, I, I would like to uh, accumulate a few more of those yeah. and uh, continue boosting our, our iTunes ranking. So yeah. wherever you rank your podcast, please five, star. five stars. All right. We want to wish you guys a happy new year. Uh, enjoy college football today. Enjoy the day with your family. Enjoy your pork chops, your green, your greens, your black-eyed peas, your cornbread. Enjoy it all. Uh, look forward to 2020. Make your New Year's resolution to listen to the Thunder and Lightning podcast every day. And I mean every day. Listen again on Saturday and Sunday. And give us that five-star review, as, as mentioned. And we will do our New Year's resolution is to keep bringing you what we feel is the best MSU podcast out there. Darn right it is. So... For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. One and only. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.